Hey, 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 welcome to tonight's, or today's, sorry, podcast. We're going over perfect party pets. Pets, man, I cannot talk tonight, but that's okay. No silly audio in the background from the kids tonight. Uh, we had another wonderful guest join us tonight, the OG Blurred, uh, Triple OG from uh, TikTok. So if you guys have seen his contact, we uh, snatched him up and had a great time talking with him today. So uh, well, hopefully we'll see him in the future because it was fantastic. We had a great time telling stories. It was real good. Uh, anyway, stick around for uh, the stuff at the end for your discounts and all that fun stuff. Well, hello and welcome. Yeah, we're doing a little bit different tonight. We're hanging out in our general chat instead of the uh, classroom because it was being a pain in the butt. So, we have a star guest tonight up in the top-hand corner for you guys listening to podcasts. I'm using my hands to point here, and it's not going to help you whatsoever. I apologize. For those of you on Twitch, feel free to ask questions. Otherwise, just listen. Tonight's topic is perfect party pets. Now, before we get into the actual topic, I'm going to let the OG Blurred here introduce himself, who he is, all that fun stuff. I am OG Blurred P, Triple OG, as most people know me on TikTok, or as a lot of people have come to know me, Papa Eclipse. And I started my TikTok journey as a way to literally deal with depression <laughs> and it just kind of took off from there i love love playing dnd i've been playing for going on three years i have two beautiful children one boy one girl my son's the oldest my daughter's my son is five is seven my daughter is two they are exactly five years and like a month apart barely a month apart and i am currently married my wife is currently in the bed asleep. And played my fr- um I've played two in real life campaigns to fruition and I'm currently going through my third as a player. I was a DM for a Discord server for about a year and a half and gamer comics anime I'm just an all-around blurt. <laughs> Sweet. Well, we're definitely glad to have you, especially with someone with a, a extensive knowledge with the, the stuff with Iron. Yeah, we've been playing D since I was 15 now, and they've yeah, been a nerd my entire life, too, so I feel you. Uh, <laughs> but um, with that, obviously, for those of you on TikTok, uh, follow us, but also follow him because he's got a wonderful amount of content. Uh, I got to just gotta brag about knowing you because i found you on your third account or whatever when you first started it and uh i haven't stopped watching you since so your morning videos and all that fun stuff are fantastic inspiration i love the stuff you've done with the the night skin stuff you know the papa clip stuff is great um i'll probably bug you about that when we get kind of towards the end of the video once we get past our main topic but uh i'd love to pick your brain about that if you don't mind oh uh, no problem no problem just trying to fix my you're good. extremely Broken thanks to my children and my cats. <laughs> I feel like phone fan, but I, I promise. I no problem. No problem. All right. So, uh, perfect party pets. Uh, of course, the chat decided to pick the alliteration. I threw it in there as a joke topic, but uh, in all honesty, think about the last couple of days. Uh, pets and parties happen to be a huge source of fun and excitement for the parties, right? Not only can they be useful. 
Uh, but they can also be great story bits. They can become emotionally attached characters just as much as any NPCs. Um, our greatest example is our uh, brand new mascot, right? Started out as a party pet, Squawk the Seagull. We randomly picked up a seagull during adventuring. And, uh, a seagull. A seagull, yeah. You know, we uh, we murdered some people on a boat, and so they started eating the remains. And we made friends with one by giving it bread, dead animal hunting checks, yada, yada. And as a DM, I was like, ah, pff, whatever, you guys have a seagull now. Good job. It's going to bug you. Uh, and for whatever reasons, shortly thereafter, my players went on this romantic spree on the mainlands. Like, they did their boat adventure, and then they're like, we're hooking up with everyone. And so to avoid any awkward, like, descriptions... Squawk would pop up into the scene, make his loud noise, and that would be the end of said cutscene, right? We go to the next role, we talked about the roles or whatever. He was our censor character for those kind of things throughout pretty much the rest of the time we played on the world. Uh, you know, we played that campaign for probably close to four years. And, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, we, uh, we finished it off, and, you know, Law was level 20 characters, they've been to space, all kinds of silliness that, that was exciting but squawk became a god that was his end story was him and his lineage he's the god of scouts uh for uh what was it fertility and uh seagulls obviously uh <laughs> obviously uh but his thing is you know he's an armored seagull that runs around because at one point they gave him armor and he did attacks and things like that and uh, you know I bring this up because there are a whole bunch of things you can do to pets to make them durable because that's generally a complaint that people have uh, is seagulls, or seagulls, just pets in general have no durability, so why would you bring them along? You know, besides the ranger's super dog or bear or whatever that's tagging around the party can do some massive damage, why would you have, we'll say a monkey, uh, tag along with your party? Um, there's ways to fix them to where they're actually playable. But, um, so, kind of off-sorted because I told my own story there, but I'm going to break this up into, like, three sections keep me honest on this and obviously as you guys come through if you need to like throw a story or have a, a question just ask and we'll pause and move on from there uh, but first thing what makes good pets um, obviously seagulls right kind of fall into the birds category uh, but they really only make sense when you're by an ocean so if you're not by by an ocean finding a seagull is just happen random stance uh, if you care if you care about stats and things choose a hawk uh, I know they're not quite the same, but it's close enough. Um, but they don't make really good interpersonal pets. Like, you don't talk to Squawk, right? I mean, my players did eventually because it was funny. Uh, but for the most part, you don't talk to your birds unless you're that's, that's your thing. Uh, but they do make quote-unquote good scouts, right? Uh, you send them up there, they go back, relay information, or messengers... Uh, wonderful ways to use the pets so they don't get in combat, but they can still relay information to the players. Um, I mean, that's really, really, besides comedic effects, that's all good, the birds are good for. Um, uh, again, except for, like, hawks. If you're a ranger and you got a hawk that flies around with you, you can you can have really fun stories with that because they're meant to be aggressive and mean and be in combat. Seagulls, doves, things like that, not as much. Uh, True. Um... What about another animal? Birds Oops, sorry. Birds, birds, birds are also good for guards because they can sit up high in the tree. People don't see them, but they can make noise when something's coming. Ah, wonderful point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Very right. true. What about you guys? What's, 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 a, what's a party animal that you guys have used before or had in a group, if you've had one? I mean, it was part of the story, mm -hmm. but 
because we were playing um we were playing through Descent into Avernus. Mm-mm. And so we had the Hollyphant. Okay. And the DM made what was her name? Lulu. Like he didn't make her like an extremely pivotal pivotal point of like the story until probably the very end. And like we all did get attached to her because you know it's a little small golden flying elephant. And he would he would use the most high pitched, quirky voice for this Hollyphant. And just anytime she came on the scene, everybody was just, you know, bursting into laughter. And she, you know, she would throw jokes around and make little side comments. And it was just it was just hilarious because when he actually showed the picture of what it looked like for the first time, we were like, are you serious? <laughs> we were like, it's literally like a two foot tall golden elephant wings yeah okay. have you ever, uh watch adventure time there's a there's an old lady uh elephant type character and that's always how i imagined them i have not watched adventure time okay uh i can't remember her name now it's been so long since i watched it but yeah yeah 100 percent. just the goofiest looking thing uh anyway sorry rj what about and, you well, oh, so, um, never mind oh um, you're sorry one second, RJ. Oh, actually, in our Rise of Tiamat campaign, we did have a party pet. It was a little bitty talking bear cub, and his name was Kovu. He was he was the pet of our um Sorlock, and he was literally a talking, drunken little bear cub with the most horrible personality and the DM gave him the ability to be able to turn invisible and so he would literally just pull pranks on people or all of a sudden you'll look across like you know characters will look across the room and you just see a ale mug being turned up in the air but but the bear cubs invisible and you're like oh god Kovu got into the ale again <laughs> He got into the woods again. Oh god, what's gonna happen? And he, he, oh god, he purposely made him just the bane of my Dragonborn's existence. <laughs> nice, <laughs> like just for no reason, this little bear cub would just curse me out, or flick me off, or pull a prank. And one time, it just, it, it, it just got, it just got so far. I literally just. Made my red dragonborn just turn, just breathe fire on him, and and like singe his butt as he was running away. And he never let me live that down. He never let me live that down. Like for for the rest of the campaign up until Kovu was sacrificed due to a deal that the Sorlock made with his patron. He like he he always reminded me. He's like, no, I don't like you. I don't like you. You breathed fire on me. I was like, well, you were bothering me. You, you you just kept on picking at me, so what? I'm like, you're literally yay tall. If I wanted to, I could eat you. But fair. then he got but then he got sacrificed through a deal with with um the Sorlock's patron and got turned into a cloak 
that enabled the Sorlock to become a werebear. Oh, nice. Yeah, and, like, he kept that a secret because, like, you know, all of a sudden, everybody was like, where's Kovu? Like, why isn't Kovu around anymore? Like, where's the little drunken bear cub? And then, like, towards the end of the campaign, the Sorlock finally came clean and was like, yeah, um, you know my cloak that lets me turn into a werebear? Yeah, um, that's basically Kovu. And all of us were just like, oh my god, you are just the most horrible person <laughs> in the world. Like, you, it's like, okay, yes, he was a horrible little butthead, but you sacrificed him just to get a cloak? I mean, if you're going to play a Sorlock, that sounds about the, the right player attitude, right? <laughs> so, oh, uh, man. RJ, you got any any fun uh, pet stories? Um, well, there, there's two. Um, I don't know if you consider Fred the Unicorn a pet. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Fred was a pet. Um, and then uh, your your uh, stepdad always has a chicken. Almost every adventure, he comes up with a chicken somehow, and people die before that chicken does. Oh wow. I mean, I mean, to be fair, Squawk, Squawk definitely outlived player characters, and player characters definitely killed themselves to keep Squawk alive. So I understand the the want to keep your friends oh alive. No, seriously, this is why Squawk was so important because we literally didn't revive allies to keep him alive. Like revivify wow. a freaking seagull because he got murked with a death beam. We're like, no, no, we don't, we don't do that to Squawk. That's not okay. He's coming back. These 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 other characters, you can re you can remake your character. <laughs> <laughs> We're not remaking Squawk. Wow. Um, but yeah, Fred the Unicorn. That that, that was an interesting uh, pet, right? Because it was so close to like, in, like it's an intelligent creature. I mean, do you really call it a pet or is it a party member? I'm gonna call it a, a pet for the sake of this conversation. But in all honesty, it was its own NPC uh, that just was was wonderful. Just the dumbest unicorn you've ever seen in your life. You ever seen a unicorn get on a boat willingly? Dumbass. <laughs> ever, ever, oh, wow. ever seen a unicorn make friend with a demon disguised as a monkey? Dumbass. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, that monkey was another pet NPC that played more like a pet. Wasn't as smart as uh, Fred was, for sure. Uh, but it was a, uh, a quest. I think I said that right. Uh, that had polymorphed into a monkey. Ah, and so it just—it was a monkey, but it was—it was a demon just hanging out with the party for the longest time. M tried to murder people in their sleep several times. No one cared. They're just like, yeah, 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 go, go, go somewhere else. Step someone else. Just the ridiculousness of that party was unfathomed. <laughs> but at the, at the same time, that party was totally murking everything. You know what I mean? It was like they did earn the title of Mithril Justice for sure. You want it superheroes in D and D? That was that was the team. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, I mistakenly gave one of the characters a rocket hammer. Like like in in uh, the style of uh, Overwatch, kind of rocket hammer. So they can spend, oh wow! So they can spend bonus actions to burn off uh, black powder when they make a strike, and uh, 
Fun fact, don't add multipliers to weapons in D&D. Times 2 to times 6 damage is just, just kills everything. Don't do that. That's a dumb choice. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Because my DM allowed... My, my DM actually allowed my own Dragonborn Paladin, since he was a Hell Rider during the Descent into Avernus campaign and the Rise of Tiamat campaign, he allowed him to have an ability called... Um, Hell right, um, Demon Hunter's Blessing, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it automatically doubled his damage against any demon, devil, fiend, or any creature that was evil aligned. And I wouldn't overuse it, I would only use it like when it started to look like the party was, you know, really, really in a hairy situation, kind of using it like, you know, like that adrenaline rush. But yeah, once that got activated, stuff just dropped. Like we got into a fight with a pit fiend, and it tr it tried to kill my griffin that I rode on. And so I activated the ability, and like yeah, within two turns, a fight that was supposed to last and supposed to be like a really big pivotal fight, yeah, it was done. It was done. Like. Two swings for me and a smite on each swing. That's the DM was looking like, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay, okay, so, um, how'd you kill this extremely large and powerful pit thing? I was like, what? I did what? He was like, yeah, you like totally murked the darn thing. Um, uh, okay, well, I, you know, for the last strike, I just kind of took my great sword and cleaved it completely in two from bottom to top. You know, as radiant energy goes through and just burns away its flesh and all of that good stuff. And he was like, okay. He was like, yeah. And so we finished the session. He was like, you do realize that was supposed to be like a much harder <laughs> and longer fight. I was like, yeah, but he tried to kill my griffin. I was like, I, I love my griffin. Like, don't mess with my don't mess with my mount. Okay, so that segues really well into the, the next style of pet. So we've talked about kind of the smaller stuff, so monkeys and uh, whatnot. But mounts are a fantastic pet that more people relate to, especially with like the new uh, uh, Dragonborn Ranger class. You know I mean Rangers Rangers are the pets, but like everyone can have a mount and everyone can have that be their thing, whether it's a griffin or a horse or whatever. Right? You get a mount, that's your best friend. Um, oh yes, like or I, a bullet. Oh, yes. oh, the bullet. Yes, the bullets. Yes, I love bullets. I love bullets because they're they, they kind of remind me of graboids. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the yeah. series. Yes, and like the one time I did a, a a fight when I was DMing with bullets, I totally used them like graboids. Like they stayed underground the whole time. That's it. that's how they're scary. They just go to that five feet, pop up, and then go back down. And you're like, well, I can't stab through the dirt five feet because all my spells stop. This is some bull. Yes, yes. Yeah, they... it was. It was a it, it was a very close fight. Like pe people came really close to dying. <laughs> yeah, it's it's scary how uh, easy fights go when you play the enemy smart, right? Extremely, extremely. 
had a battle with about 12 people in a swamp once and they were fighting like 10 giant crocs and i gave the crocs the ability that if they did but you know because with giant crocodiles if they bite you you know and you fail to save you get restrained mm -hmm. and so i gave them the ability to death roll <laughs> and so each time you know if you got bit and you failed at saving you got restrained you know they pulled you under the water and we began to death roll so every time their turn came up you automatically took 1d10 and yeah like within a few turns half the party was like darn they're dead and i was like uh i don't want to kill them like i actually <laughs> don't want to kill them like uh uh is i was like okay 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 know it dm really cool something has to happen yeah but luckily our level 12 fairy scribes wizard cast mass suggestion and i was like you know that's only supposed to work on you know what i'll let it ride <laughs> i was like i'll let it ride let's see if they pass and like four out of the six four out of the ten crocs failed to save and so the next thing you know we had four giant crocs now on our side so they released whoever they had they were death rolling with and that's the only way they managed to survive their fight <laughs> literally uh, God. so on our a session or two ago on our jake campaign speaking of just random animals that give special abilities i asked the twitch hey what should i throw at these guys and someone's like throw in celestial dire squirrels and i was like that enemy is too great of an enemy not to make really quick so I made little CR4 dire, dire celestial squirrels. I have never seen a party routed so fast in my life because none of them had magic weapons. They went out there and we did a... I, I've talked about the last campaign. But uh, they, uh, my DMPC character went out first because he's got ridiculously high initiative and he stabs at one with his rapier and just bends the heck out of it. Everyone at the party said, oh. Not today! We choose life! And two of them still died. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it, was oh. it was a rough fight. The revenge on the squirrels. Celestial squirrels. Celestial. Okay. Yeah, they were. They're. Uh, we did a swarm style, so there was yeah, three to five in each swarm. So they took half damage at all times because they're a swarm uh, style uh, creature. They they didn't have that many hit points. It was only like thirty something per th swarm. But they're celestial, so they negated anything that wasn't magical. Uh, and they did three uh, d six uh, per hit or for you know for their damage when they hit you. Uh, and when they got knocked to half health, that got cut down to 1d6 or whatever. But still, it was basically like each squirrel got a d6 die. Um, but, Ooh. yeah, it was it was not a nice fight. Not to mention the other characters that were mixed in there. Um, but, speaking of dire squirrels, uh, how do you tame your animals? We're going to segue into the next part. How, how do you tame your beast to make them your friends? Obviously, mounts you can buy and they're kind of pre-trained and that kind of stuff. But you like talked about a griffin. Uh, did you have to tame that griffin, or was that like a, just a, hey, you have a griffin now. Have fun. It was, I had gotten high enough in level for my paladin to be able to um, do use fine steed. Oh, okay. And so the when when I told the DM I, you know, I wanted to summon something, he was like, what do you want? Like, um... I was like, I would think it would be really cool if, you know, you had a, you, you had a red dragonborn paladin riding on the back of a griffin. He was like, you know what? You're right. I like it. Summon it. 
and that's how I got the Griffin. It was it was a female Griffin, and her name was Aurora. And she and she stuck with me all the way until the next to end fight of the second campaign, in during Rise of Tiamat, and during that battle. That was like the first time she actually fell, and like after that, yeah, my my paladin just lost it and just was. He was lawful good, but he he really didn't care about killing at that point. <laughs> he said, "You killed the horse, you died." It was like you took out my baby. Now I'm gonna hurt you. I understand the sentiment. Smites for everyone. <laughs> multi-smite send it out in waves i'm gonna smite with a spell and then i'm gonna divine smite and you're gonna have a bad day very 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 <laughs> bad day <laughs> okay so uh summons i didn't think about that or i like that's it that's an easy pet that you can bring back right like doing the uh find familiar spell you I mean you can summon and dismiss them as necessary um i mean i think you can do that with the the fine steed too but it takes some material components right been a while since I used one. Am I? No, I, oh, don't, I don't think it actually takes material. Like, it does, but they don't get used. They just, you know, you have to have them kind of thing. Mm, don't make me lie. It's, it's been so long since I played, since that campaign ended. Like, because, like, once I summoned it, like, I never, I never dismissed it. It just basically followed mm. me around all the time. Mm. Or either it stayed at you know, stayed at the keep or stayed at whatever place our characters were at. But the time that I did have to, um, when I was DMing, like, as a matter of fact, that instance where the fairy wizard used mass suggestion mm -hmm. at the end of the battle, since, you know, since the spell was still active, I was like, um, do you all want to try to tame these four giant crocodiles? And possibly have mounts for four people on on the team, and of course, you know it's just a giant resounding. Of course, we do. Every chance they get, like, right? I was like, okay, I, I can see that. I was like, okay, so um, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need a persuasion. I'm gonna need an animal handling, and a nature check, and we're gonna do that three different times throughout the course of like three different days. And unfortunately, I had a bunch of people who were who had very, very high charisma and very, very high wisdom. And so, like, everybody managed to pass their darn checks. And I was like, yay, I now have a team of 12 people and four of them are riding on the back of giant crocs. One of them being the fairy wizard. And I'm and I'm just picturing this in my head. I'm like, I'm like, you're, you're like this big. And you're on the back of this literal, like, sarcasucus. Uh, like, like what? I'm like, I'm like a fairy riding in the battle on the back of a giant crocodile. I was like, you know what? I love it. I love it. It's intimidating. It's good. We had a, we had a fairy <laughs> in a party that was a barbarian that would just ride on our various creatures' uh, shoulders. Funniest. Yes. Funniest character. Yeah. His name was Click. Total idiot. Did the did the and, low intelligence um, build, but oh man, was it funny! And as a matter of fact, one one of the characters in that campaign was um a half elf Drake Warden. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no! It was his other character. It was the um Dragonborn's. It was a, it was a green Dragonborn warlock, 
and he managed to get um a staff of snake summoning. Oh, don't talk to and me about so, snake summoning. Oh, I got I got mad feelings about snake summoning. Snakes are overpowered in swarms, and it's ridiculous. Or no, his the the staff allowed him to um basically turn it into a giant constrictor. Mm, okay. And so he he named it um he named it slips. <clears throat> and he would just summon this thing and literally just sit on the back of it because I'm like a giant constrictor in D and D is like the size of a freaking anaconda. Or sometimes even a titanable. And he would just summon it and let it eat people. As just, one does. Like, we were interrogating someone one time, and he was like, you know what? I'm tired of this person not talking. Slips. You haven't eaten a few, de- few days. He's yours. Wrap him up. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god. Did, I was like, did you, I was like, you really just made your constrictor eat? We were trying to get information out of this guy. That's too funny. But it was it was hilarious. Like, what one person ended up with? Because I'm a I'm, I'm I'm a decently generous DM when I do have to DM, and if you make it sound cool enough, and you make it, and you play it well enough, I'll roll with it. One one guy was um a paladin warlock, a, a, a paladin hexblade. And when they got to Dinosaur Island, the captain of the ship was an un, he was an undead sea captain. And so when and so the rest of the team had already left the ship and started exploring, and this guy had stowed away in the bottom of the ship. And so when he got off, the captain was like, "Okay, so you're going to need something to get you through this forest and meet and be able to meet up with the rest of the team." He was like, "All right, I got something for you." And he literally just summoned an undead ankylosaurus, and was like, "You're gonna ride him." And the dude loved it; like he loved it. He was like, "A zombie ankylosaurus?" I was like, "Yeah, you got a zombie ankylosaurus." And he was like, "Oh, I love it. I love it." He was like, "What's his name?" I was like, "You want you want me to give it a name? Why do they always want you to give it a name?" <laughs> That's their job. Let them name it. Speaking. And I was like, uh, 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 you know what? Your your zombie ankylosaurus, his name is Shelby. And he defended that, despite the fact that, you know, his tail club can, like, just darn near kill most stuff it comes in contact with. He, he defended that thing with his life at every opportunity. Like, he was like, he was like, no, I'm not letting anything happen to Stumpy. I was like, dude, it doesn't even have enough intelligence to, to be able to talk. He was like, I don't care. It's Stumpy. And I love it. <laughs> so on, on that note, what do you guys what do you guys feel the power of name it, names are, right? Because there's a difference between having the bear I just summoned this combat and Stumpy as an example, right? Like there's a there's a big power when you as a DM or you allow your players to name a, a character, right? Is there any very true. Is there any uh, I was gonna say you're muted over there. Um, is there any reason why you wouldn't allow your characters to name a creature that is in their party? 
only uh, only if I had already come up with a name, but okay. if they come up with a name that's better or that, you know, sounds cooler or something like that, go for it. Like in our descent into a Vernus campaign, the um the Hexblade fighter Tisha, who was a was a female tiefling. When she cast Finds Familiar, she summoned um she summoned an imp. And his name was Reggie. Reggie. It was Reggie. And and the guy playing her actually named it because we were we look we all look at the DM. It was like, okay, so what's the imp's name? And he was like, I don't know. Hey Greg, what's your imp's name? And Greg just comes out of nowhere. He's like, Reggie. His name is Reggie. And Reggie was hilarious. <laughs> And of course, this is like a running trope. Any, any just about any time somebody gets a pet, it never likes my character. Mm. And so, like every t- every time I would talk to Reggie, just he would just flick me off. Like he never spoke to me; he just flicked me off. <laughs> and then, so just and, a question on that: Was the character player? Sorry, was the player in control of that character, or was it the DM just narrating for it? Say what? I said, uh, so for that instance, was it the player narrating for uh, Reggie or was it the DM being Reggie? Just out of curiosity. They would actually bounce back and forth. Like sometimes the player would control Reggie and then at other times the DM would control Reggie. Hmm. But Reggie's, Reggie's personality got developed so well that the two of them were able to just bounce back and forth with it. Gotcha. And and despite him, you know, just not liking my character because of the fact that <laughs> he was basically afraid of me because I was a like eight foot tall red dragonborn paladin, like just a freaking unit. And we always they always said that like anytime I would smile, they'd just be like, Can you please not smile? Like, that is the most terrifying thing on the planet. Like, you smile and it's just fangs, dude. Like, chill out. (laughs) And so, Reggie was afraid of me. But along the way, Sectrax and Reggie ended up, you know, at least having, like, a mutual respect. And by by the time that happened, we get to the end of the campaign and we're fighting Zariel. And the very first thing she does is grab Reggie by the neck and just. <clears throat> and we were like, okay, well, that's fine. Reggie's, you know, Reggie's been killed hundreds of times before. Like, it's, it's fine. You know, just cast a spell. He'll come back. And then the DM looks at us and like, no, no. She's an arch devil. When she killed it, she stopped that magical effect. Reggie's gone. The entire table just goes silent, and we're all just looking at each other like, "This B kill Reggie." Like, oh, uh, uh-uh. she killed. Like, wait, hold up. It's like my, my little buddy that my little buddy that always flicked me off. You get and like we we just lost it. We were we we were traumatized because like we were so used to you know like something happens to Reggie, he poof cloud of smoke, he disappears. 
Tisha cast a spell again. Hey, Reggie's is back. But nope, Zariel just wanted to be a prick and and ceased the magical effect and was like, yeah, Reggie's gone. Reggie's gone. So that brings up uh, another interesting idea or thought or question for the both of you. Uh, what is the point of having a pet? What do you guys consider, like, why is it important to, or is it not important to have a pet in your party? Like, are they only there for, like, uh, are they only there for, uh, storyline purposes, or are they there for fun? I'll let Hoss go first on this one. Yeah, I think mostly it it just adds a, um, kind of an uncertainty thing. It's, It's an emotional release thing, but it's also, like, you know, you're, you love your dog, but it chews the shit out of things or escapes. It causes drama, but kind of like unintentionally. It gives you, it gives you more a real-life feel to it because your pets give you something to nurture it, and they're there, to, and they always love you. But at the same time, it's always like, what happens next with them? Unless you have like a fish or a bird. But then again, birds escape and fish jump out of the bowl. So, Or they can't get some. Yeah, you know, whatever. True. Well, Okay, I mean, I think that's a pretty good explanation. You got anything to add to it or change it? I, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much along the same lines as, as Hoss with that one. Like, you know, <clears throat> they can they can be pivotal to the story. They can be there for comedic effect. They can you know be there just to as a, just you know just a random source of chaos or you know whatever it may have you and. It just can bring an element of fun. It can bring an element of fun. Like I had a DM, I had a DM, a, a DMPC who was um who was Maximilian, and he was a sorbard, but he had he had the um ritual caster wizard feet, and he used it to cast five familiar. And the first time he cast five familiar, he summoned a hawk named Ezekiel, and Max was you know like regal highfalutin you know came from money this is that and the third you know thought he was just like the ultimate ladies man he wasn't the trophy bard where he was just trying to sleep with everything but he totally was like you know if oh, if if i see a woman oh she, uh, she there's no way she can resist me like i totally can get her and ezekiel when i made him like the very first time i made him talk i was just like what does Ezekiel's talk like? Like, what is his per- like? Know what? Okay, Max thinks he's the ish. Ezekiel is literally going to do nothing but break him down every single time he talks. And the first time I made him do that, the entire party just fell in love. And the next thing you know, I'm looking in a general chat, and everybody that was on the on that mission is like. Okay, we're totally starting the Ezekiel fan club. Who wants to join? I was like, wait, wait, wait. I was like, wait a minute. So you don't like Max, but you love the smart Alec constantly berating him, constantly breaking him down and chopping him off at the knees. Hawk, that really? really? I was like, yeah, we, we love Ezekiel. He, he was like, he puts Max in his place. I was like, what the heck? Uh, don't you love it when you make side characters that are more uh, exciting than goal post characters? Uh, sorry, I should probably explain. Goal posts are what we call the DMPCs. Um, okay. With my stuff. Uh, just because 
they're, they're there for when the party has no idea what the heck to do or we need a plot point. Bam! Guidepost. <laughs> oh, here you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, next question. How do you make your pets more survivable, right? Because generally we base our, our characters off some stat block from somewhere, but a lot of the times the restrictions are you got a CR1 beast at best, generally. Not always, obviously, like the crocodiles are a CR2 or something. But even then, they're not the most defensive. They take one solid spell from a high-level character. They're dust on the ground. How do you how do you no. make them survivable so they can stick with you in the story, personally? Hmm. Hoff, you got you you, you got something on this one? I uh, I think he's on a phone call. I, I think so too. Okay. Um. <laughs> I mean, I can give so you I can, I, I I can give you my answer, and you can follow in on it. So I know for for my stuff, for mine, giving basic armor makes people feel better, right? Uh, generally, allowing a singular magical item to attune to an animal doesn't feel overpowered. You know, um, True. with uh. Uh, Squawk, specifically, right? We had the armor, and part of his armor was metal claws, so his attacks, when and if he ever got into combat, actually did like a 1d4 damage instead of a 1 or whatever seagulls are supposed to have. Um, that made oh, them okay. still somewhat useful, somewhat survival. Uh, if they get attacked by things in the air, uh, he had a chance of fighting things off, so it wasn't like I could be like, ah, Dragon just ate him while he was flying. Like, if something killed, killed him, the, it was going to go down with a fight, we know about it kind of thing. Um, but I mean, just just adding a singular piece of defensive was maybe a thing of offensive, and at most one magical item is personally how I augment characters that we want to keep around. I don't do that so much with ranger character uh, creatures or artificial style creatures because they have built-in ways to make their stuff better than they are at a base level. Uh, but stuff True. that stuff that like you've taken the time to tame, like yeah, you had a griffin once, right? Well, we had a flock of griffins in one of my other campaigns. And uh, they, you know, picked them up when they were little, so they had to raise them a while before they could actually fly on them because they weren't big enough to ride. And so, like, once they finally got them big enough, they had taken the time to, like, get these leather armor and all this other stuff to, like, these griffins were, were a flying squad. Unfortunately, of course, soon after that, they they stopped the campaign. But uh, in the meantime, oh. the griffins, look they look great, visually sounded fantastic. Uh, they were, they didn't have personality. You know I mean, I, I know personally for most of my, uh, we'll call them pet characters, for the exception of uh, the unicorn and the uh, monkey, uh, you know, most of my characters that are pets don't talk. You know what I mean? They have nonverbal stuff. They obviously act and understand. You know, if they get hidden with the uh, Awaken spell, or Awaken, Inline, whatever it's called. Anyway, the spell that, you know, brings your intelligence up to where you can understand and or talk. Uh, you know, before then, you know, they, they just move around and do it. But it seems like you tend to give your characters talking points. You know, they, they magically speak a lot. Is that is that true? Yeah. Like, in, just, just about any time I've given, I've given, like, pets out or given mounts out, I'll, I'll, like, give them the ability, at least just give them the rule of cool ability to be able to tele yeah. telepathically communicate. With their with either their rider or with the rest of the team through their rider, mm -hmm. and one way I would say that one thing I did one time to make the pets a little bit more durable was I said that they had that like each pet had basically nature magic, mm -hmm. 
or or like animal magic and i'd go through and like pick certain spells like low level spells you know like level one maybe a level two that fit that specific type of animal mm -hmm. like for like for stumpy since he was an ankylosaurus and you know they're covered in armor he could cast shield mm, okay and uh the crocs they could cast i didn't give them a, any defensive like nature like spells or like animal like spells but the cro the crocs could all cast um they could all cast hunter's mark oh okay that that'd be a little overpowered holy cow especially with that uh gator roll ability you gave him too woo, 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 woo. yeah that'd be dirty <laughs> that would be dirty but the thing is, is like if I give you a mount or I give you a pet that actually you will actually be able to take into battle, mm -hmm. the stuff that I'm going to make you fight is definitely going to be able to kill you or your pet at any given time. Mm. Okay, that's fair. And so by giving the giving the Crocs Hunter's Mark, um, what the the Crocs had Hunter's Mark. Someone else, um, Stumpy could cast what Stumpy could cast shield, and I think, yeah, I think I think that was about it. Like if they had Hunter's Mark, Stumpy could cast shield. Ezekiel, Ezekiel actually did not have any magical abilities that he could cast. He was just, he was just a familiar, and. He almost got killed because he almost got ate. He, well, yeah, he almost got ate by um by a rock, mm -hmm. and then at another time he almost got eaten by a pterodactyl <laughs> because they were on Dinosaur Island and they were like, "Hey, we need a way to scout ahead and you know get get a bird's eye view." And I was like, "You just had to say bird's eye view, didn't you?" I'm like, let me guess, you 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 want Max to send Ezekiel scouting out through the sky on an island full of dinosaurs, don't you? They're like, duh, of course. So he fly he flies like a mile away, you know, like a mile away from the ship, and all of a sudden, this giant shadow just flies over him, and they're like, what are you doing? I was like, it's an island full of dinosaurs. What do you think just flew over him? They're like, you are not. You are. They're like, that, that's your pet. Like, nah, it's all of ours. But it's an island full of dinosaurs. And um, yeah, that big shadow that 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 was a ter that was a pterodactyl. They're like, is he gonna make it back to the ship? Like, because you know, he Ezekiel had his fan club by that point. And you know, the Ezekiel fan club was sitting sitting there losing their crap because they were like. Is he gonna make it back? Is he gonna make it back? I was like, um, well, let's see. I'm gonna have the pterodactyl roll a perception check. And since it's higher in the sky than him, it's gonna have advantage. They were like, oh, you are so mean. Roll the perception check, of course, passes. He sees Ezekiel, and Ezekiel relays back because like someone had cast um what is it, telepathic yeah telepathic bond mm -hmm. so not only could he t t telepathically communicate with max he could telepathically communicate with the whole team and so like all of a sudden ezekiel's like er 
there's a pterodactyl above us. I was like, what? Get back to the ship. Everyone was like, get back to the ship. Now, now, dive bomb, dive bomb, dive bomb. And the moment he turned around, I had that pterodactyl just on him. And I was like, okay, so um, pterodactyl can move this fast. A hawk can move this fast. I was like, Ezekiel had a little bit of a head start. I was like, but um, yeah, if he don't make it back, he's totally getting eaten. And so each turn, I was just like, okay. The, I was like, the pterodactyl dashes, Ezekiel dashes, the pterodactyl dashes, Ezekiel dashes, the pterodactyl dashes, Ezekiel dashes. <laughs> and like, they were just on the edge of their seats. Like, you better not kill our hawk. I swear, if you kill our hawk, we're killing Max. I'm like, whoa, hold up. <laughs> and I was, uh, like, I, was like, I was like, you do realize that, you know, even if Ezekiel gets eaten, he's a product of the fine familiar spell. Snap a finger and he comes back. I'm like, we don't care. We don't care. That's our bird. <laughs> I was like, like, y'all really, really like this little hawk, huh? But in terms of giving pets abilities and making them more durable, I, I give, anytime I run any type of campaign, I, I give the players the ability to kind of like, well, it's not kind of, I basically give them the smithing qualities from um Monster Hunter mm -hmm. and and um what's the name of the game? Kingdoms of Amalur. Okay. Where pretty much anything you kill, you can either make armor or weapons or something like that out of it. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, if you like if we kill some bullets and you have a pit, you can totally take the bullets hide and fashion armor for your pet. Just to make it a just to make it be able to take a little bit more of a hit and not just automatically die in one strike. Yeah, uh, I feel you there. Like, I, we can all agree, D&D &D specifically, its crafting system needs a little work, right? Or at least a little more revision. Oh, man. Um, I, uh, I, whenever they come out with 5-5, five, five, I, I hope they throw a bit into it. I know they did for a little bit in uh, Morgan Kynes, uh Guide to Everything. Uh, yeah, there's some good charts in there for doing some of the stuff, but I don't really like it. Uh, I'm gonna be honest here. I've read through it a couple times. It's like they're cool and there's something to like start from, but there's no like high end. Hey, I have a character that just likes to build things for some reason. They don't ever cover for those guys. Precisely. Uh, yes. I did a I did a crafting system for blacksmithing where if you had proficient like if if you if you didn't have proficiency in blacksmithing, but you wanted to become a blacksmith, you had to roll performance. Uh, I think it was like athletics and insight. You had to do those three different roles. And, but if you were pr proficient with smithing tools, you got to add your proficiency bonus and you would take those three roles average them together and then you had a CR that you had to meet at level one I think the CR was like 10 then at like if you got to level two the CR was like 13 level three it was like between 16 and 18 and then once you became a master blacksmith all of your CRs were 20 
for anything you made. So you had to do those rolls, and your roll had to come out to 20 or above, or you just failed. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. You can see that being at least entertaining for the person trying to get the roll, especially the high-level stuff. Uh, and oh, fr- yeah. oh, frustrating, yeah. but, you know, makes sense. You're a master craftsman. If it's not perfect, it's not good enough. We'll restart kind of thing, right? Precisely. Yeah. I get it. That's, that's, that's pretty dope. So, um, we are sitting at a little so over an hour. Oh, go ahead. Sorry about disappearing, but uh, one of my uh, zones, the guy in charge of putting up the delineators, um, no called, no show, and he was on the truck full of delineators, so they can't set the zone up. It's already 11 o'clock. They got to be off by six. So now the construction manager's like, why do I have setting up for an hour? This is ridiculous. Brah, brah, brah. So I'm getting a lot of phone calls. Get bitched out a lot. It's all good. We got you. Uh, though at this point, you keep talking about your job on podcast. We're going to start your own little mini series, Drama with RJ. <laughs> um, on the road drama. On the road drama. You can, you can do your own podcast. It'd be great. Um, so. Oh, drama on the turnpike. So. Um, with that, I'm going to do one final question that's on air, and then if you have time afterwards, I'll, I'll bug you about other stuff. Um, I got to no do problem. a couple of plugs and all that fun stuff. But the question is, if you got to pick your pet for your next character and got to exactly what you wanted, what would it be? We'll start with you, Blurred, and then we'll go to RJ. Um, you know if I got to pick my pet for the next campaign, you know what? I know exactly what it would be. I know exactly what it would be. I mean... Yeah, it would be a Cheshire cat. Really? Okay, like like uh, Alice in Wonderland style, where it's kind of like metaphysical. Or, yes. Okay. Okay. Completely. That, okay, I can dig it. Oh man, you uh, go. Uh, speaking of Papa Eclipse, that that should be his spirit animal. <laughs> like I like I've always just loved the Cheshire cat because it's, it's playful. It's a trickster. Its sense of humor is just impeccable, and then like the the twisting of the head and the you know materializing only his face or only its eyes or only the smile. Like there's just uh, like there are just so many things you could do with that in a campaign. I just think it would be just too much fun, just like too much fun. I I hundred percent agree. That sounds freaking fantastic. RJ, you got a you got a pet for your next campaign? Maybe there he is. Yes, no, maybe so. I didn't hear. Oh, you oh you fool. Uh, so if you could pick your perfect quote unquote pet for your for your either current campaign or a future campaign for your character, what would it be? I'm thinking uh, something. I mean, I, I like like the. Uh, shit, I'm doing 71 miles an hour through here. Yeah, take it. Uh, not something big enough to ride, but something big enough, to, like a Wolverine or something. You know, something Ooh. like. Okay, <clears throat> okay, something something that's gonna goose things up. And make it personal. All right. I mean, you don't you don't walk up on a Wolverine going nice kitty. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. If, if you leave your stuff in a pile and the Wolverine sleeping next to it, it's gonna be a pretty hardy thief to think I can get over there and get something. Because I mean, 
Precisely. Yeah. See, now that he said Wolverine, I almost want to change my change my choice to a honey badger. Oh yeah, honey badger is another one. Okay. <laughs> honey badger don't care about no poison, no nothing. It's just gonna eat you. Nothing. Nothing. Honey uh, badger is ready for the smoke at all times. Well, I I I got for current character Profi uh, Tullius, right? Uh, his I think his uh, character creature that he would have run around with him is a giraffe. Just because it would be ridiculous. He wouldn't use it as a mount. It would just follow him around and just like walk above him to provide shade or something stupid. Um, in context, <laughs> the uh, Tullius is a son of the Emperor. So like his, his perception of how things work was not, not so great. Uh, but I think it would be a really funny just addition. Uh, anyway. I, I mean, I just, I just picture, a, you know, like the, the party meeting together for the first time. You know, either at a pub or bar or a festival or something like that, and they all walk outside, and this guy walks over to like you know the animal stall, and they're like, "Oh, so which one's yours?" Like the giraffe, like huh? <laughs> yes. Why do you have a giraffe? Can you imagine? Can you imagine you're on the, you're on the you're out there walk along it? You, know, you go for a campsite, you tie your giraffe up. What's that smell? Oh, he took a dump. Holy cow, it's like four horses taking a dump at one time. <laughs> uh, all right. There might, be a, uh, there might be a giraffe coming later. All right. Oh, good. So. We'll but in, in the same voice, in the same voice, no one's going to complain about wherever the Wolverine is crap. They're like, that's all right. <laughs> at all. At all. Uh, that's too funny. Okay, so, uh, gotta do some quick sponsory silliness really quick. So, first things up, for those of you watching on Twitch, and those of you listening to podcasts later, W Energy Drinks, our new sponsor, we're super excited. Use uh, our code HEROES907 to get 10% off. Um, like I said this uh, this morning, yesterday, yesterday on our review video, I like them, they're super great with what I've had so far. Um, it seems like a pretty good company, guys. I'm, uh, thumbs up. Um, other things, 10% off for, or sorry, 5% off for our own stuff. Uh, if you go to the website and type in, uh, June, June Tune is for the podcast stuff. So J-U-N-T-U-N, uh, capital J, capital T, 5% off your stuff. Um, check out the website, check out the YouTube channels, any and all support. Join the Discord, come talk to us in our next session. Uh, hit us up on the TikToks, because I just started that on a personal account that's attached to the company. Woohoo. Speaking of TikToks, Blurge, you got any uh, social medias you want to shout out besides TikToks and or say it correctly so I don't goof it up? I mean, my, my TikTok page is attached to my Instagram page, so all of my videos that I post on TikTok automatically go to my Instagram. Um, I don't have my YouTube attached to my TikTok and I actually have not posted on there in so long. I've had countless people tell me that hey, you should start posting your stuff on YouTube too. So I'm trying to get to that. But you can find me on YouTube at OG Blur P Triple O G. And that's that's about it. That's that's those are my only places right now. Okay. Sweet. Hey, so as a as a thank you for our, our star guest, sorry RJ, you 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 don't count. Uh <laughs> you're a regular. You need to deal with this all the time. Uh, we're going to send you a small little package, and I'm going to give you a choice. Do you want something that no one's ever seen before? Well, besides the last star, I guess. Uh, or one of our old uh, Wizards Tea items. So our Wizards Tea items are fun little homebrewy stuff that you can add to your campaigns. Uh, 
they range from uh, maps to uh, st additional story stuff, all kinds of fun things. Sorry, excuse me. I would... Well, you're asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. We can talk about I, this offline if you want, but... I would definitely take the wizard's tea. Sweet. Okay, sweet. So, I will talk to you post-review, and I'll kind of give you a right idea what you can look at, and we'll settle that out later. As a, just a thank you for coming on and enjoying. I hope you stick around in the server and whatnot to talk to people, because uh, you are a wealth of knowledge and a fantastic storyteller in your own right. I really appreciate all your content, so... Thank you for joining thank us. Thank you so much. RJ, thank you for being here as per the usual. Um, with adventure in mind, have a wonderful night. That is where I'm ending the video. Stop recording. Well, that was tonight's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, excuse a little little bit there at the end but eh, whatever anyway if you guys missed it while we were talking the discount code for this month is june tune all one word capital j capital t uh if you have a question on us spell it you know message in discord we're happy to send it out to people that ask uh anyway well, we hope you guys enjoyed us we're happy for any and all feedback in the meantime join our uh stuff come to discord facebook wherever you hang out come hang out with us uh anyway with adventure in mind have a wonderful night hey one more thing just last second just in case you uh didn't didn't catch it at the end there uh w w energy drinks go check them out go to their website w.gg uh and go check out their stuff again like i said uh i'm really a fan so far i've had it for just shy of a week at this point a few days of actually trying the product and so far it's been great uh everything's pretty good check out a review video on youtube uh discount or not discount code for you to save 10 percent on their products through us heroes 907 uh, we got links in the discord uh otherwise just put our thing in at your checkout save you some money uh, and that back to one more time for games that make you say ah venture hero helpers to lse <laughs>